You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. When women gather, anything is possible. We're so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. Pastor Verna Del Turco, Reverend Cindy Black, Reverend Barbara Arbo, and Minister Louise Roberts are looking forward to hosting you at this year's Women's Convention. This event's the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. This year, our guest speaker, Jen Tringale, is an internationally known speaker, author, and strategist on Awakening Destiny. She's known for her integration of purpose, innovation, faith, and spirituality. Her messaging reaches across cultures and vocations to unlock the purpose and potential within individuals, organizations, cities, and nations. We want to see you there, ladies, so save the date for this year's New England Women's Convention and visit newconline.com to register today. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for a brand new series that starts today? Amen. Let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be together. What a joy it is to be family. What a joy it is to know that we don't come to church today out of some religious routine. We don't come to church because we have to. We don't come to church because we're afraid what happens if we don't. We're here because we're excited about being here. This is my home. These are my people. This is my family. This is where I grow. This is where I'm challenged. This is where I, I, I learn about who God is. I don't have to be afraid of him. He's my father. And so we thank you today that what, what we're about to hear, we believe will transform our lives, whether somebody is brand new, they just started their spiritual journey, or they haven't even decided to even yet start their spiritual journey, or you've been on a spiritual journey many, many years. I believe something will be said today that'll touch the person seeking and the person who's been here forever. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Only you can do that. I can't do that, but you can impact us change us. We believe that the way we walked in these double doors are going to be very different than the way we walked out these double doors today. We'll give you all the honor and praise. You're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Again, welcome. This is part one of a two-part series entitled Stuck in Yesterday's Pain. Stuck in Yesterday's Pain. Now, all of us have been stuck at one point in time of our lives. We've been stuck in a bad relationship. We've been stuck in, uh, um, you know, dead, old, dark past situations. We've been stuck in unhealthy thinking. We've been stuck in destructive behavior, a bad, the wrong job. And we've been stuck in the drama of life. It's what we all learned about being stuck. Stuck is not fun right? Stuck is not fun. And stuck can become very overwhelming when we find ourselves in that season. And we recognize that when you're stuck, you don't feel very good about yourself at all. You don't want to be stuck. Nobody in their right mind wants to be stuck. Nobody in their right mind wants to be in that rut. Nobody in their right mind wants to be stuck in the pain of some past experience. Uh, We we all want to move forward. We all want to step forward. We all want to make a a better opportunity for our lives. We all want to say, yes, there's a a brand new version of myself, the, the real me that God desires to produce in my life. There's no doubt about it. And so all of us desire to be free and in that place where we are walking in God's highest and best. Amen. But over my many years, 
of working with a wide variety of people, I find three main issues, three main forces, if you will, that cause people to remain stuck in their yesterday's pain. All these are debilitating. I'm going to go over two of those today and one next week. So we need to understand something today, that, that these areas of our lives really are issues in our everyday life. There are a few forces that produce more negative emotions, get ready, than what? Guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. I, I'm always amazed at how many good people deal with guilt and shame. I recently had a conversation in the lobby just a few weeks ago with a first-time guest. Somebody was a first-time guest with us here at IFC. He, sharp guy, I would say early 30s, mid-30s, um, um, not in church, used to go to church, but not in church any longer. And as we were talking back and forth, and, and uh, he enjoyed the service and thought, you know, maybe he might want to come back, and I was glad about that. But he said to me, he says, I got to let you know something, that, that I, I, one of the reasons why I'm not in church one of the reasons why I stopped going to church is because I am fully convinced that the longer I live, that God is taking record of the bad things I do, and one day I'm going to pay for those. I looked at him, a sharp young man. I thought to him, I said to him, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of a more debilitating thought that will absolutely cause you to be anything else but unhealthy. It's so true. You see, I understand, just like many of you, that you need to know that that's not the God we serve. Amen. God does not do that. Nope. God is not pouring a judging finger at a person and said, I got my eye on you, you know, seeing God from heaven doing one of these things to you. He says, I got my eye on you. See, God is not against you. God is for you. Yeah. He's a loving father. He's not a father that's angry, maybe like your earthly father or, or those influences in your life. That's not the God we serve. He's a good father that has his arms open wide to you today, and he desires a relationship with you. You need to know that about the God we serve. Now, I'm just like you. I've had my many opportunities with guilt growing up in my life. I grew up old-time Pentecostal. Some of you know what that is. Some of you might not know what that is. And really what that means is, in my formative years, what I knew and what I was told that I needed to make sure that, and how it made me feel, I should say, in my formative years, that if, if I was not praying, reading my Bible, or going to church, everything else was a sin. Any old Pentecostals know what I'm talking about here today? There's a few hands going up that are brave, right? Um, and it's true. And so anytime I diverted from the big three, it never failed when I got off track or missed the mark. Guilt was constantly a companion in my life. And here's what I learned. I learned that there's something more than just Pentecostal guilt. There's Catholic guilt. There's Baptist guilt. There's poor people guilt. There's rich people guilt. There's dysfunctional family guilt. There's guilt. You name the list goes on and on, doesn't it? The list goes on and on about the uh, amount of guilt that we deal with. And I'm not good enough guilt. And the list goes on and on. Now, the psalmist David knew that. 
He understood firsthand uh, the power and the weight of guilt. And here's what he said. He said in Psalm 38, verse 4, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. How many can say a big amen to that today? Guilt is a heavy burden, way too heavy to bear. The psalmist knew it. We know it. Any one of us that have dealt with guilt and shame, any one of us that are still dealing with it today, realize that it bogs us down. Guilt wears you out. It spends everything you have. Guilt will use you, manipulate you, will leave you a shell of your former self, lifeless, void of hope, passion, purpose, a puppet on a string. And that's the power of guilt and shame. And the weight of guilt and shame is a self-imposed prism that no human being was ever created to endure. It's not God's best. It's not God's plan. None of it can be found that would come from God. And the more you try to bear that guilt and shame, the more you try to work it out on your own, or accept it as just a reality, that's who I am. The more damage guilt and shame does in every area of your life, it's a weight too heavy to bear. Jesus knew that. And he said this to us in the New Testament in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said to us, come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. We could say it this way, come to me, all you that are carrying the heavy load of guilt and shame, and I will give you rest. I pray you hear the words of Jesus today. I pray you'll come to him today. You'll come and you'll recognize that I need to make a divine exchange from my heavy weight of guilt and shame and recognize there's a rest waiting for me, meaning there's a freedom waiting for me. There's a liberty waiting for me if I'll just understand God's love. Some of you are so tired, you're going through life trying to fix yourself and you're exhausted. Some of you are running away from God, from the very present help that brings you hope and wholeness. Isn't that something? We go through the worst time of our lives. We run away from God. We run away from church. We run away from the very mechanism, the very environments that God wants to create in our lives to help us. We get mad at God for some reason. We, we leave God. We leave the church and the very thing that, that we know we desperately need. And we need to come back to the help that we need. And I pray if you're here, you've been out of church a long time, I'm glad you're here today. If you're here and you say, man, I, I'm just seeking. I'm just kicking the tires. I'm not sure about this God stuff. I'm not sure about this church stuff. I've been burnt by the best. Amen. I pray that you'll hear the heart of God today. You'll hear my heart today uh, as the pastor of International Family Church. See, God loves it when you finally raise up the white flag in your life and say, I'm done doing it my way. Tell me about your way. This leads us to our big takeaway today. You might ask what a big takeaway is. I haven't used one for a few weeks. If you're new here, a big takeaway is simply the big takeaway I want you to go home with. This is the one main thought. We try our best to give you one thought you can go home with because you're not going to remember this entire message, but I pray you'll remember this one thought, and here it is. God loves you because of who He is, not because of anything you did or did not do. That's life-changing right there. Amen. That's life-changing right there. God loves you because of who He is. It's not performance based on you, not because of anything you did or did not do. Now, let's unpack that so you can understand what all that means. If you look back in the book of Genesis and examine the first man, first woman, the first couple, um, you can understand God's original intent. 
God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, enjoying a healthy relationship with their creator. Guess what? That's still the will of God. For you to enjoy a healthy relationship with your creator. Can't tell you many Christians I meet. Good people that do not have a healthy relationship with their creator, with their father God. It always goes back to the problem they had with daddy issues or mommy issues or issues in their lives. And, and they, they're having a hard time having a healthy relationship with God. That's been the will of God from the very first, the beginning. It still is the will of God for you. God's highest and best for you. Think about it. They had no regrets. They had nothing to hide, no competition going on. There was no keeping score. Their relationship with God and with each other was pure, honest, and open. In fact, Genesis 2, 25 describes their relationship this way. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Man, there was nothing to hide. There was no issues. There was no hidden issues in their heart. There was nothing they were keeping secret, nothing they were withholding. There was openness of communication, openness. They were honest and open and loving, and they had nothing to hide. There was no fear involved in their relationship. Like we said, no competition to see who's the best and who can be the greatest. And, but, but after they disobeyed God, everything changed guilt and shame moved into the neighborhood along with blame and distrust. When Adam and Eve disobeyed, they hid. Guilt and shame make us hide. I think it's very interesting that guilt and shame makes us hide. And the only way to get set free from guilt and shame is you got to bring it out in the open. That's God's plan. In the very beginning of the year, God's challenged us to have the courage to connect, the courage to be open, the courage to find your tribe, the courage to find your people, the courage to find that small group of people that will love you and know your name, and, and you'll be able to establish a relationship with them and, and open up your heart to them. Because we know God brings healing, God brings forgiveness, and people bring healing. Amen. Amen. When they really needed to be close to God, they ran away. And it's no different for us today. Here's what Galatians 5.1 says. It says this, for it is for, what's that next word? Freedom. Say it loud. Freedom. Say it like you mean it. Freedom. It is for freedom. See, God wants you free. What does that mean to you? God wants you free. That's why it's the second statement in our mission statement that you read every time you walk in the door to know God and what? Find freedom. We are equipped here at IFC to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Last week was Easter. We understood that firsthand, what he did for us in his suffering and in his death. So he says, stand firm then. Stand firm where? In the freedom Christ has given you. And do not let yourselves be burdened again. What? To back to not being free by a yoke of slavery. So that means you can experience certain freedom. Life takes twists and turns. You make wrong choices, have a bad season, and you can go back into that slavery. Go back into being bound. Go back to thinking wrong. Go back to thinking uh, that God doesn't love you or God's not for you or whatever the case may be. And we can't go bark backwards. We have to work hard at staying free. Do you realize every day you need to contend for your freedom? Because there's somebody, there's some situation, there's somewhat blanket, 
There's some goofy person that'll say something stupid that'll cause you to get all riled up again, stirred up in your anger and, and mess up and do something wrong and someone's going to hurt you and something's going to happen. Life happens. And if we're not careful, we don't, we, we'll, we'll lose the very ground we gain. And he's telling us here, contend for your freedom. Love yourself enough to want to be free. Do whatever you have to do to make sure freedom comes into your life. Whatever necessary, whatever means possible, whatever money you got to spend, whatever people you got to walk away from, whatever people you need to walk towards, whatever is necessary, contend for the freedom that Christ has set you free. Amen. Amen. Thank God. I love being a pastor. My wife and I, we enjoy what we do. We've been doing this a very long time. 42 years we've been doing this. So we, we thoroughly enjoy being your pastor. We love this congregation, love the communication and the love that we share with each other. And, and, and people know that. People understand that you care about them. Because people know we care, it's like they get around us and it's like truth serum. And before you know it, boop, out comes life. So if you don't want, boop, life to come out, then stay away. No, please don't stay away. But it's the most amazing thing. We, we've had people, like, like we were the confession booth in the middle of Stop and Shop, Walmart, Home Goods. Oh my goodness, I had a guy at Home Goods. I mean, like for 20 minutes, he's like throwing up his life all over the place. I'm thinking, should you be saying all this stuff in public, and especially to me? It happens all the time. So in those moments... I hear people's hearts, and I hear them say, Pastor, I believe God loves me. I believe God's forgiven me, but if they were really honest, and in those honest moments, they'll say to me, but I really do believe there are one or two things that have happened in my life, and I think, I don't know if God can forget that. I don't know if I can really recover from that. I don't really know that God really loves me even in the midst of what I... And they have this something that's a certain category that is this the worst thing possible. And granted, it might not be something that you're very proud of. and might be a skeleton in your closet. But we're thinking that even though we believe God loves us, even though we believe He forgives us, I'm not too sure about these one or two things in my life. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. What contributes to the heaviness of guilt and shame? What is it? What is it about guilt and shame that, that makes it so difficult to kick to the curb? Well, there are two things, two main things. There are more, but two main things for time that I'll capitalize on. The first one is painful regret. Man, we all got regrets. We all got regrets. They weigh tons. Are you kidding me? Regret is a terrible thing that we all deal with. It's amazing to me how good we become at keeping score in life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love, God's love in us, is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. But yet, we do keep accounts. We really do. We keep accounts. And one of the things when I read this verse, I read the love chapter on a regular basis, and when I get to this verse, I always say over myself, I don't have a son me dummy wrong account. I refuse to have one. I hope you don't have one. I hope you don't have that proverbial, maybe even imaginary black book, so to speak, that you put a relative's name in or an old friend or an old this, and you don't have a mental note of keeping an account. Please, if you have that book, if you have that mental accounting procedure, please stop it. Stop it. 
stop it because your families are being ruined. Relationships are being ruined. There are relatives and nephews and cousins and aunts you haven't seen in years because you've been keeping good account. But the thing about it is, not only are you keeping account, you think God keeps an account. And he doesn't. Let me explain this to you. The Bible says in Matthew 7 that in front of each of us are two gates. There's the wide gate and there's the narrow gate. And every day of our lives, we have a choice to make. Am I going to go through the broad gate or if I'm going to go through the narrow gate? Every one of us have a choice. What's the wide gate? The wide gate is the gate of this world. All the appetites, lifestyle, drama, power, sex, right? All, all the attractive things and all the, the lights and the glamour of this world, the promises, and it looks attractive and seductive and it's hard not to be drawn in. All of us at one time or another, we've been drawn in. We've been drawn into the seduction of this world system and lifestyle. But here's what I've learned. If you go down that road, you might have a blast for a little while. Then you're going to suddenly realize this is false advertisement because it didn't produce the joy that I thought it would, the satisfaction I was looking for, the fulfillment that I was looking for, and it is a definitely false advertisement and it produces no real satisfaction. Now, what's the narrow gate? Well, the narrow gate's not very flashy. It's not very glamorous. It's actually pretty plain. And you simply hear this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Follow me. Seek me first. I love you. Come on. Let's do life together. Now, I have listened. I have learned. I have my own experience. I have never heard anyone who's ever traveled through that narrow gate, who received God's love, forgiveness, and freedom, whose lives have been changed. I've never heard them say, Pastor, I so regret following God. I so regret serving God. It's been the worst part of my life, serving God all my life. Man, I regret it every single day. Oh, pastor, I wish I experienced more of the world. Oh, pastor, I wish I treated on my wife more. Oh, pastor, I wish I did more drugs. Oh, pastor, I wish I was more, more dishonest. Oh, pastor, I wish I lied more. Oh, pastor, I wish I did all the, the things that I wanted to do even more so or without reserve. I wish I compromised more. In all my days, I have never heard that. But oh, have I heard regret for the people that have gone down the wide road. And I've heard him say over and over again, oh, pastor, I so regret those choices. I can't believe I blew up my family. I can't believe I destroyed my reputation. I can't believe that my legacy seems ruined. I can't believe that I'm bankrupt now. I can't believe that I'm in jail now. I can't believe I'm going over and over. I hear regret after regret after regret. I've been at this a long, long time. And I got to tell you, I don't regret one day in Christ. I don't regret one day in God's love. I don't regret one day of his blessing and his joy and his ability and his forgiveness and his love. You can imagine the hours over the years of 37 years pastoring this church alone, how many hours we put in in prayer and study and helping people and so forth. I don't regret one moment of it. Are you kidding me? I can think about my wife and I, the thousands upon thousands of dollars we've invested in the kingdom of God through tithes and offerings and special offerings. I don't regret what one dime of what I've invested in the kingdom of God. One hour, one moment. Why? All I got to do is look at my children, look at my grandchildren, look at this congregation, look at my marriage, look at my life, and I say, thank you, Jesus. No regrets here. 
painful regrets. If you got regrets, the good news is they can stop today. The good news is God can restore your legacy. God can restore your family. God can restore that thing which is broken in your life. Are you kidding me? That's why Jesus came. We celebrated it last week. Once and for all, he paid for all of our mistakes. Aren't you glad today? Amen. We feel like God is against us and we're damaged good. God doesn't want me. That's just not true. That is a lie. Amen. Second contributing factor, the heaviness of guilt and shame. Painful regret. Number two. When you don't allow forgiveness from God and yourself. It's important that we understand the distinction between guilt and shame. They seem similar. Sometimes they feel similar. Sometimes one leads to the other, but they're both very different. I need to take a minute right now to understand. I could do a six-week series, eight-week series just on this alone. So I'm just going to give you the bottom line. I, I, I like thinking about when I tried to describe guilt and shame, I think about Charlie Brown. Oh, that's weird, Pastor. Well, stay with me. And I think about the cartoon character Pigpen. Anybody know what Pigpen did? Who was Pigpen? What did he have all around him all the time? Dirt, right? Let me see if my grandson knows that. Go JJ. Dirt, right? He had this cloud over him all the time, didn't he? Wherever he went, went dirt. Wherever he went, dirt went, right? He had this constant cloud of dust and dirt all around him. You got to know that it got on his friends, it got on his, on his on relatives perhaps, it, it was in his clothes, in his ears, up his nose, right? It was between his toes. The point is, that's guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is this cloud. It's this dark thing that hovers over us. And everywhere we go, dark and shame go with us. And we can't get rid of it. We can smile. We can act pretty. We can dress up, put makeup on, dress up sharp, looking good, put a smile on your face, drive a nice car, live in a good neighborhood. But guess what? As soon as you come out of your house, here comes the dust cloud. Well. <laughs> right? Pig pen. Constantly dealing with this thing. You can't shake it. So here's the important distinction between guilt and shame. Guilt, I did a bad thing. Shame, I am a bad person. Next. Next. Oh, it is next. Sorry. Guilt, I'm sorry I made a mistake. Shame, I'm sorry I am a mistake. Now get the difference here. Go back to the first one. Guilt says, I did something bad. Guilt is always based around behavior and choices. It's based around, I did something wrong, and I feel remorseful for it. The next one says, I did something bad, and I'm sorry I made a mistake. But shame, go back to the first one. Shame, I am a bad person. Notice how it changes. The next one, I'm sorry. No, yeah. I'm sorry, I am a mistake. Shame is a nagging scent that something's wrong with me. It's not based on an action. It's based on how I feel about myself. I feel unaccepted, defective, worthless, incapable. I'm lacking or missing something. Shame says there's something wrong and bad about me. You can fill in the blank of all the things we say. You, 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 shame is always connected. Listen, shame is always connected to an addiction, depression, aggression, suicide, uh, abuse, eating disorders, and cruel words that people of influence have said over your life. 
So how do we deal with this? How do we overcome guilt and shame? These are debilitating. This, is, this, this transforms our life in a way that, that, that none of us want to be transformed in. It's such a heavy burden. So how do we overcome shame and guilt? We overcome guilt by acknowledging what we did and then thanking God that we are forgiven from the wrong things we did. Amen. That's when we go to God. Not only do we ask God to forgive us for what I did, but then we work the process because that takes time now to forgive yourself. Isn't that usually the hardest thing to do is forgive yourself and what you did and how you hurt someone or hurt yourself. That's guilt. Now, how do we overcome shame? We overcome shame by identifying the shame messages that are always on repeat in your soul. What's a shame message? A shame message always starts with, I'm always or I'm never. I'm never good enough. I'll always be a loser. I'll always walk with a loser's limp. I'll never be much. I'll always be this way. This is who I am. I'll never be lovable. I'll never be, I'll never, you can go down the list of things. That message that is on repeat in your soul, it's always nagging in there. It's always there. So we overcome shame by identifying the shame messages that are always on repeat in your soul and hold them up to the light of God's love and ask two questions. Is it true? Is this from God? And the answer will always come back what? No. no. Never. Never are you a loser. Never are you no good. Never are you a, a, someone that will never love. Never will you be able to be a good mom or a good dad. Never will you be able to recover. Never, ne no, always, always, always a loser. Always like grandpa. Always like your dad. Always like this person. Always like that person. You'll never be accepted. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's just not true. It's not true. Amen. See, when shame, listen very carefully, when shame has an encounter with the love of God, shame can't stay. God's love always overpowers shame. Amen. The best way I knew how to finally get rid of the guilt and shame that was in my life is I had to have an encounter with God's love. I don't allow him to love me. I don't allow myself to say I'm worthy of God's love. I don't feel like I'm worthy of God's love, but he wants to love me. It's not about me. It's not about what I did. It's not about what somebody else did. It's not about what I did or didn't do. As a child of God, God loves you and cares deeply about you. Love transforms everything. Amen. Then we replace the shame statements with who I am in Christ statements. I change the fact that I'm no good, or I'm a loser, or I'm unlovable, and I'll always be a mess, and, and say this, I'm a child of God. I am loved and highly valued. I have the mind of Christ. I am more than a conqueror. See, it does no good to know that you're free. You've got to stop not only the words that are being replayed in your mind, you've got to replace them. Let's, let's, let's get another set of words being spoken. The truth of God's word. The truth of who you are because of Jesus and what he's done for you. Man, this is a whole teaching that could last for weeks, no doubt about it. When you know who you are in Christ, guilt and shame no longer have any legal right to attach itself to you. Amen. Amen. And I pray today, something said today, some word being spoken, something happening in our midst today that you'll love yourself enough to say, I'm done with, I'm done with guilt and shame. I'm kicking it to the curb today. How dare you? Not today, devil. No more. No more am I going to deal with those lies. No more am I going to deal with those debilitating thoughts. I'm done. 
you got to make up your mind. You're done. And tomorrow you say you're done. And the next day when those words start coming back in your mind again, absolutely not. I'm a child of God. Don't you know who I am? I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm blessed. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm loved. I'm valued. The next day, the next day, the next day. And guess what? The old reruns will get fainter and fainter and fainter. And the who you are in Christ and the new messages that you're declaring over yourself based on God's word get louder and louder and louder. And you no longer hear those words because that identity is done. It's dead. And your new identity in Christ comes alive. Oh, this is good preaching today. Hallelujah. Remember our big takeaway. What was our big takeaway? God loves you because of who he is not because of anything you did or did not do. Man, I love that. God loves you and wants his best for you. This is not the best version of you. Being bound by guilt and shame, that's not God's plan. That's a lie. Don't settle for that. Amen. He will forgive any actions. As you confess and acknowledge your sin, he'll heal any shame message dragging you down. Listen, so clean up the pig pen, guilt and shame, and take the dust and the cloud and that darkness all over your life off of you, amen, when you begin to see yourself through God's eyes. Here's what the Bible says about it, amen, Romans 8, this is so powerful, listen, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. The purpose of this message today is to make sure every one of you in the sound of my voice joining us live online, every one of you that you have a what? You have a, you are joined in a life union with Jesus Christ. Amen. When you're in a life reunion with Jesus Christ, it changes everything. When I saw myself through God's eyes, it changed everything. I was radically transformed. Amen. I was radically transformed and changed. Amen. I used to get so sick before I had to get up and speak. I was overwhelmed by the fear and the anxiety to speak in front of people. I mean, the pastor I worked with had to tell me months in advance so I could get myself together. I mean, it was coming out all the all all places. We'll just leave it at that. Thank you very much. As you go to lunch. <laughs> Something had to change. I thought, dear Lord, I'm called to this. I got to deal with this every time I got to get up and preach, start stuttering. You prepare for like you think an hour and 10 minutes later, you're done. It's like, right? How do you do this? How do you have confidence in yourself? How do you have confidence in the gift that God put on the inside of you? Let me tell you something. God's love and who I am in Christ, when I saw who God saw in me, when I saw the real Jonathan Del Turco, guess what? The Jonathan Del Turco that I saw that was standing tall and straight with a song in his heart, a spring in his step, and confidence in his life, I became that. You become what you see. You become what you see. And when I saw what God saw about Jonathan Del Turco, it transformed my life. Let's bring this to a close. See, from a theological standpoint, every sin has to be paid for. Either you're going to pay for your sins, and guilt and shame is the payment, or you're going to allow Christ to pay for your sins by opening up your heart to his love and forgiveness. The choice is yours. You can live with guilt and shame as the payment if you want. It's a free world. We live that way. 
You want to be pig pen? You want to have that following you everywhere you go? It's your choice. Or you can allow Jesus, who the Bible says, we said, we read it last week, that he once and for all with his shed blood paid for all of the guilt and shame in your life. Right? The choice is yours. Guess what? I choose Christ. How about you? I choose Christ. If you haven't chosen, chosen Christ yet today, you can choose him. Listen very carefully. What would it be like if you were fully free from guilt and shame? Ever thought about that? What would your life be like? What could you look forward to? What would change in your life if every day you weren't dealing with the debilitating factors of guilt and shame? Well, I want to tell you something. There are three things you can expect. Three things I promise you. Three things I can very confidently stand up here today and say, these three things will be yours when you say no more to guilt and shame. You ready for this? Number one, it changes how you relate to God. It does. You no longer see Him as an angry taskmaster. You now see Him as a loving Heavenly Father. You don't see Him as God Almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, you know, with a wiggle of his finger, he can wipe you off the face of the earth. You don't see him as God waiting around the bend with a baseball bat, ready to smack you upside the head because of your sin. People have a lot of image of that, of their God like that. You won't see him that way any longer, ready to smack you in the side of the head. You'll see him as Abba, Daddy God, my Father, who loved me so much he gave his only son to die for me. It'll change you. It'll change the way you relate to God. He's no longer pointing that accusing finger at you. Ever see that finger of your mom? I saw you. Right? Your dad, I saw what you did. You know, we, we get that image in our, in our minds. We think God's doing the same thing to us. But now he's a father with arms wide open. Hallelujah. What else can we expect when you get rid of sh- guilt and shame? It changes how you relate to people. Amen. Think about it. Adam and Eve were in love with each other. Man, they they had it going on. They had the best of everything. Amen. Until guilt and shame invaded their lives. Don't you think for a moment guilt and shame does not affect your marriage because it does. Don't you think for a moment that guilt and shame does not affect your friendships because it does. Don't you think for a moment that guilt and shame does not affect every part of your life because it does? Listen, Adam and Eve had it going on. What do I mean by that? Adam was the best-looking man on the face of the earth. Eve was the hottest-looking woman on the face of the earth. Right? Adam was never late for dinner. Eve never burnt a meal. Right? No kids, no in-laws, no clothes. You figure it out. (laughs) Right? You figure it out. Man, that's the best of all the worlds. Are you kidding me? Wow. Eureka. You'll sign up for some of that. Right? Wow. Absolutely. Until guilt and shame moved in the neighborhood. Suddenly now they're pointing fingers at each other. They created a new game. It's called the blame game. It even adversely affected their kids. So much so that one son killed the other son. 
and had the first murder. How'd that come out about? Guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is destructive. Makes you make stupid choices. You can't think, what in the what was I thinking? Looking for love in all the wrong places. See, when you're free from guilt and shame, your relationships will come alive. Amen. It opens the door to freedom and relationship. One last thing. It changes how I relate to people, how I relate to God. It changes how you are used by God. Wow. Yeah. More divine opportunities open up to us. God can now trust us with more. God's not going to be concerned that he gives you something and your failure complex is going to blow it all up. I'm not good enough. You're going to undermine the own success that God gives you. See, God's merciful. He'll, he'll bless you. But, but when you're bound by guilt and shame, it's not that he's limited, but we can handle those limited. And you go around with a failure complex. You go around with this loser complex. You go around that I'm just no good and, and I'm, I'm a mess and I'm defective and I'm messed up and I'll never be good enough. And, and, and while God loves you and wants so much to give you everything that you long for and desire for, he knows that if he gives it to you, you're going to squander it. Here you are believing God to get out of debt. He wants to give you more money, but guilt and shame says, I, I don't know if I deserve it. This is my punishment. This is my lot in life. This is what I sowed for. This is my choice. I was talking to a young man coming into the first service. Good man. He said to me, I said, Pastor, I, I took my bar exam. He said, but I failed. It's my second time I failed. I looked at him and said, let me tell you something. Just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. I said, do you realize that successful people fail many times more than failures do? And the reason why failures don't fail as much is because they fail once and said, I'm not going to do that again. And they internalize their failure and they call themselves failures and they never want to do it again. And shame sets in because they failed. But when you don't have a shame complex, you realize I might have failed. I'm going to pick myself back up because I'm not a failure. I'm going to go at it again. Third time's the charm. Amen, right? Whatever it might be. You can't hold the fact against you that you've had one marriage, two marriages, three marriages, or you've had relapses, or you've had all. Don't, don't go there because the enemy doesn't want you to hear this message today because he knows that if you hear it, you're going to finally kick him and all his stinking thinking to the curb, and you're going to tell shame to go back to hell where it belongs, and you're going to tell guilt to go back to hell where it belongs today. Why? Because God wants you free today. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, finally, there's only one thing left to do. Time for you to give up shame and guilt. Amen. Time for you to put the work in. Say, I'm going to work this. I, I can't afford this to keep affecting all my relationships, my marriage, my friends, with God, with people. I bounce from job to job. I bounce from church to church. I, anybody gets close to me, I realize, oh, like, they can't figure out that I'm going through this and we hide. And what did God tell us in the beginning of the year? Courage to connect. Time to be brave. Time to put your big boy pants on. Stand up and say, you know what? I'm making my stand once and for all. 
I can't think of a better place for you to make your stand than International Family Church, if I have to say so myself. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. If the church you go to shames you, makes you feel guilty, puts you in a position where they're talking about your business from the pulpit, you need to leave that church as fast as you can and come to IFC. Just saying. Just saying. Amen. Just saying. What was our big takeaway? God loves you because of who he is. Not because of anything you did or did not do. Wow. Come on, stand to your feet with me today. Ah, so good. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven if you can. Oh, Father, we love you. Just tell me you love them today. What you heard today will save you years of work. Money. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't mean we shouldn't get help. Please do. We believe in counseling. We believe in getting everything you need to make sure that you have every advantage possible as you go through this season. Don't do it on your own. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we raise our hands to you today. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not pointing an accusing finger at us. Change our image. Change our picture of God. You're not angry at us. You're for us. You're for me, not against me. We are worthy of your love. We are worthy of new beginnings. We are worthy of a fresh start. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Don't you just sense his love this morning? I know i got to let you go, but I want you to bask in that moment, this moment. Have an encounter with God's love today. Have an encounter with his goodness today. Come on, sing it with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know exactly who this message was for today. And Father, I pray that every person in the sound of my voice heard about God's love today, God's plan today, God's purpose today, and are making a decision. I'm done with guilt. I'm done with shame. 
I will no longer live another day with guilt and shame in my life. I will no longer be the pig pen. I will no longer be that dark cloud, that dust ball that follows me everywhere I go. The real me comes forward, who I am in Christ. The person Jesus died for. The person God sent his son to die because he knew the real me. He knew what my potential was. He knew what I could be, not what circumstances made me to be, but who God always saw who I could be. May that person rise up today. May that woman rise up today. May that man rise up today. May that young adult, that teenager rise up today. May we rise up into the fullness of the real us. Not what shame and guilt has created. I thank you, Father God, that today is the first day of many people's freedom. As we understand the nature of the devil's tactics, we catch the thief today and we walk in truth. And I thank you, Father God, that this day forward we'll become freer and freer every day as we purpose in our hearts to be all that God created us to be. We thank you for new beginnings today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, please. Pastor Josh will come in just a moment to close the service. So the service is not quite done yet. You say, Pastor, I, I need this Jesus you've been talking about. It's no fun trying to do it my way. It doesn't work. I want to make sure my sins are forgiven. I want to make sure heaven is my home. I want to be right with God. I want this new life living in me, this transforming life, that resurrected spirit, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that spirit. I, I want to know, I want that in my heart today. I, I need Jesus today. I, I want to start fresh, and I'm done with doing this my way. And you say, Pastor, I pray for me because I, I want Jesus to live inside of my heart today. I'm not asking you to join a church. It's not about that. I'm asking you to join some denomination. It's not about that at all. It's about starting a relationship Hallelujah. with a loving Savior. Amen. And you'll never be the same. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Those who say, that's me, I want you to raise your hand. Not because I'm going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not doing any of that. But I want you as an act of your own will. You're saying intentionally, I'm saying, that's me. I'm going to man up today. I'm going to woman up today. And that's who I want to be. And I'm not embarrassed at all to declare it's my time now. And I'm ready for a brand new start. That's you. Raise your hand nice and high this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, lots of hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All the way back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, this section looks like everybody's giving their heart to Christ. Wow. Thank you. All the way in the back. I see it, sir. Awesome. Young and old. Who else? Over here. Raise it up high. Thank you. Yes. Over here. Thank you. Thank you. Good for you both. God bless you. Thank you. I see it in the side. Thank you. 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 Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Anybody else? Raise it up. Thank you. I see it over here. Anybody else today? Man, this is awesome. Yeah, I see it by the pole there. Thank you. God bless you. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. 
That's the power of God's word, people. That's the power of being real. That's the power of telling the truth, right? Dealing with what everybody's dealing with in life. Amen. That's what church should be all about. Who else? Before I pray. Yeah, thank you, sir. Good for you. It's good for men to surrender. It's good for all of us to surrender, especially men. It's awesome. Anybody else? Let's pray. Though you're joining us online, pray with us, please. Let's all, one big family, pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. You know the real me, and you don't reject me. You love me. I need you. I'm tired of doing it my way. I quit. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I'm going to live for Jesus all the days of my life. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, come on, give him praise today. Woo! Yeah! Awesome. Wonderful. I want to say this to you before I go. You know, we're in the midst of a life group season, our small groups. I would encourage you, you need to be a part of a small group. Sunday morning is not enough, let's just be honest. You need to be part of a small, intimate group of people where they know your name, where you can have a relationship and and people learn about you little by little. You become close with one or two. And, and life can become an area where you can begin to open up your heart to God. Go online, intlfamilychurch.com. Go to the Life Group Finder. But there's two that I, one particular I want to emphasize because it's a new cycle is starting. Our freedom groups. Another eight weeks of freedom groups starts this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in our youth auditorium. Pastor Tom will lead that. And next Sunday, 8.30 in the morning, in the Next Steps room. Why do I bring those up? Because that's the eight weeks that you deal with the same things I dealt with today, but only for eight weeks. I had 40 minutes. Um, And so I would encourage you, do yourself a big favor. I said this in the first service. Please, get off your blessed assurance. I'm being nice. Get off your blessed assurance. And please do yourself a favor. Please let us help you. Please work at this. We, we offer this to you to help you. Please do a big favor. Take advantage of it. Amen? Yeah. Peace out. All right. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit inclfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.